Okay, so don't you guys wish that we could have Hollywood make a, like a review or a movie premiere for our life? I feel like if we had Disney, if we had Paramount, if we had someone make this awesome, awesome reel for our life. So, you know, it would start out, we'd be kind of cute babies, and then it would lead into maybe some drama, and then it would be like some happy moments, some, some tearful moments, but then we would ride into the sunset, and it'd be like perfect and awesome. Wouldn't you feel like you could live your life and it would be like, I know I can make it through this. I know I can walk through it and it's going to turn out awesome. I would like to say that I would probably choose Jeremy Pullen for this, okay? I might choose him. There's one thing really, really holding me up on that. I cannot trust Jeremy Pullen, okay? I love him. I have known him since he was younger than you guys, but he always uses that stupid, awful four-wheeler picture. And so I know that I cannot trust him to make my Hollywood video, but that's okay. Thankfully, it's not here today. I am so thankful for that. But here's what my life would look like. Okay? It started, I had a really, really good childhood. It was awesome. But as you guys know, I had a death of a brother that totally rocked my world. I grew up in the 90s. There was some 90s rap, okay? I'm not proud of it, but the 90s rap is 100%. Yeah. It's part of my story. It's part of my story. That's right. Just a few chapters, but it's definitely part of my story, and that could be the cleanest rap there, but that's okay. So there'd be that 90s rap, and then there would be a 16 and pregnant girl. My life was broken, and I came home completely broken, and I I have to say that God overwhelmed me. He changed. Fellowship Church welcomed me home at 16 and pregnant. There was never, ever a moment that they did not love me. There was never a moment that they didn't support me. And after that, I began to live my life and give my yes to Jesus every single minute. Every single minute. They asked me first to hold kids in ministry like the babies, one of those babies was Madeline. I held her, I loved her, she was one of the greatest. Then they asked me to teach a fours class and I honestly, earnestly thought, I have five toddlers at home. Why would I ever say yes to this moment? It is my only freedom. I did early drop off, I did late pickup, but I said yes. And I started teaching these four-year-olds. And you know what? Some of these four-year-olds are in this room right now. Some of you are grown. Some of you are in college. Some of you are in high school. Some of you are graduating high school. It's crazy. But then God said, do more, do more. And I was so excited because you began taking me on this journey. And I, I was learning about this God that was so amazing. If I'm being completely honest with you, 
I grew up in church. I knew of God, but I didn't really know him until these moments. So then they said, you know what? We really need you to become a K-1 teacher. And so I went to K-1 and I taught. And then they said, you know, you're doing really good. We, we really, really need someone to teach our kids church kids. And I said, I love these kids. What's the worst that can happen? Let's do it. And all the while, I have to be completely real. It was you guys who taught me about Jesus. It was you guys who showed me the love of Jesus. It was you guys that I learned the stories of God with. It was you guys that we learned the armor of God. It was you guys that we learned the fruits of the Spirit. We learned how to pray boldly and receive every single thing that we prayed for. It was all of you who taught me that. And he continued to ask me, to do more and to do more and to do more. He asked me to teach in middle school. And I was like, I don't want to talk to middle schoolers. That's scary. And I did it. And I shared stories with you that were, that were really painful and really hard. And it helped you guys so much. And to be honest, it helped me so much too. As I was speaking these stories out about my life, God was healing my heart and using my words to heal your hearts and to teach you who the God of the universe is. Every yes that I have said to God, he's taken me into the most amazing thing you can even imagine. You see, it is you guys who taught me to have faith. It is the kids that showed up week after week after week who taught me what it's like to show up and teach kids and love kids. I had no idea that I could love kids that were not my own. And I have to be real with you. You are my own. I love you guys so much. You guys taught me how to be a faithful servant. You taught me that even on my worst days, show up. Because one of those kids' church kids is going to run in with a flower that they picked and give it to me. One of those church kids is going to have a prayer that we prayed the week before that God gave an answer to. And so I'd show up and you would walk in and say, guess what, guess what? And I already knew. I already knew that God was blessing you. I watched you guys allow God to heal hurts. It's how I learned to open my heart to Jesus. Rachel and Lexi, I watched you guys receive your prayer language right here, right here in this very building, and then begin touching other students just to spread the wildfire of the Holy Spirit. Anna, girl, we cried on this floor for an hour to work through your pain. Kayla, girl, we sat on one of those pews, if you remember the pews, the church pews, and we experienced the Holy Spirit that I, it was bold, it was crazy. We were both blown away. You guys taught me how to pray. You taught me about the real living God. And I found myself boldly praying for more. I wanted more. I wanted more of God. I wanted everything that this God of the universe had for me. 
And it was in 2016 that I found myself at a 4640 conference. And I don't know if it was because Joe had hit all the right notes. I don't know if it was because Julie was belting it out. But I was in the back of 4640 on my knees with my hands in the air. And I was encountering the Holy Spirit like I had never felt before. And I said to him things that I can't even believe that would come out of my mouth. I said, pick me, choose me, send me. I am the one. And fear was like trying to creep in and it was just crazy. Don't say that. Don't do that. But God was like, you can trust me. Think about the, the journey we have been on. Think about the places we have gone trust me. And so I, I stayed there in that moment. I didn't want to leave. It was so amazing. It's like those encounters that you hear in the Bible. But then I stood up and I went about my business. I knew my boss was like, why is she back there on the floor? You got to get up. You got to do your job. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go pray with kids. I'm going to do my thing. But I never forgot it. And it kept it in the very back of my memory. Six months later, we find ourselves getting ready for O2. You guys know O2. It's like one of the best conferences ever, ever for 4640. There's like cool merch. There's awesome things that happen there. If you haven't gone, it's going to happen again. It's going to be cool. Go. But I find myself preparing a sermon about the promises of Abraham. And my husband comes home. <laughs> And he's happy, and he's excited, but he's tearful. And he says, hey, so I was offered this really, really amazing thing. And I think that we need to pray about it. I was offered a job in Wyoming. And I want you to think about it. And I said, I can't talk about this right now. I've got to prepare. I've got to get ready. I've got to do this. I can't go to one of my best friends in the world and tell her, I have to leave. It's not fair. We're about to do a service. And I did what every good godly church wife does. I encouraged him, and I said, I'm going to pray for you. What I really meant was, I'm going to pray for your bad idea. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jesus to deal with you. But, and I put it in the back of my mind, and I went to O2, and it was awesome. But at this O2, I thought it was really, really cool because God had given me this sermon about Abraham and the promises of Abraham and what we receive because of the faith and the promise of Abraham and what he did in his life. I want to quickly review that so you know. Galatians 3.29 says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. We're promised things. We're promised these massive, massive things because of what Abraham did. What are these gifts? These gifts are amazing things like Joe and Sean mentioned last night. They're perks of being a child of God. Their health, their wealth, their favor, their you're going to get this. You're going to have that job. You're going to have the upper hand. You're going to get the house. You're going to get the great husband. You're going to get the great boyfriend. You're going to get the great girlfriend. You're going to get everything your heart desires. All of those promises. But then he says, every single one of my children have their own promise designed 
specifically for them. But long before Abraham saw any of this, he had to choose to step out and follow God on a journey to discover these promises. I think most of the time we as preachers fail you. I'm going to be honest. We tell this awesome Bible story and we start with this character and then we go straight to what happened. I could say the word David and you would instantly think victory with Goliath. I could say the word Esther and you would be like, she saved the Jews. But we don't talk about the middle. We don't talk about the in-between. Before the promise comes, the steps that they took. And that's what I want to do today. It begins in Genesis 12, 1 and 2. The Lord had said to Abram, if you remember in the Bible, he got a new name. So I'm going to call him Abraham for the rest of this, okay? Capiche? Okay. Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Sounds simple enough, doesn't it? It's not. You see, little did I know that he would ask me to do the same thing. He would ask me in the middle of one of the greatest seasons of my life to leave Grand Junction, to leave Fellowship Church that's been my home for 31 years, and to go to a place called Wyoming, okay? Let me tell you a little bit about Wyoming. (laughs) I had not been to the land of Wyoming before my husband said, we are moving to the land of Wyoming. The animals outnumber the people. It's a true fact, okay? Animals are not cats and dogs. Animals are antelope, turkeys, bears. You have to put bushes, or you have to put fences around your bushes because they eat them. They're literally in your yard, in the city, okay? The wind blows. I am not talking about, I've been hearing all week, it's been so windy in Grand Junction. (laughs) No, this is hurricane wind, okay? There is no news crews holding on to stop signs, you know, making it seem so outrageous. They should be there though. Literally, you cannot open the same door at the same time. We thought about tying bricks to Mackenzie's feet. Okay, the girl is skinny. We needed her to stay with us. We live in Casper, yes. Let me tell you something else about Wyoming. It snows from September to June, okay? Like, I'm not talking about Grand Junction snow where it closes down schools for four inches. I'm talking about a foot of snow. And do you know what they do? They don't close school. They don't do late start. They say, we'll see you at eight o'clock. You're gonna be there. Foot of snow, Noah gets his truck stuck on a regular basis. Yes. But I was asked to go. I was asked to go by the God who had never failed me. I was asked to go by the God who, every time I said yes, he blew my mind. I was asked to go by the God 
who took every single promise that I had in my heart that I didn't even know were in my heart, and he gave it to me. And so when it came time, I said, okay, yes, I can do that. But we need to talk about Abraham this morning, not me. Let's get back to him. If we skip down to verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. Did you guys catch that? 75 years old. He was not some kid just fresh out of high school. He had not just graduated college. He had a family. He had land. He had, you know, back then it was so important for cows and all of that stuff. He had this amazing life there. And God says at 75 years old, get it all, except for your relatives, and go. And he says yes. But he disobeyed him in one part. He disobeyed him. Did you catch that in the verse? It said, he departed like the Lord had instructed, but he took Lot. Lot was his nephew. He took his nephew. So we're on step one, going on an adventure with Jesus, and he's broken it. He's already broken it. Now, this disobedience caused some major stress for Abraham over the years. They get to their first destination, and and Lot, of course, wants the pretty lakeside view land. And so Abraham's a man of peace, and he says, all right, you can have it. But if you know your Bible trivia, you know that that land proved to be some major trouble for Lot. It's Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham actually had to beg God to spare his nephew. The next thing happens, Abraham goes to Egypt, and he convinces his wife, Sarah, to pretend like their brother and sister so that these dudes in Egypt don't kill him to date her, okay? How many of you would be upset if your boyfriend was like, okay, you got to pretend like we're not together tonight? Ups yeah, okay. That is sure to cause some relationship drama, but again, God steps in and reminds Abraham after this drama that the promise is still coming. We find that in Genesis 15:1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Abraham has some back and forth with the Lord. He reminds him at this point he is literally old as dirt. Okay, and he's promising him a child, but not just one child. He's saying, you are going to be a father of many nations. You're going to have huge descendants, descendants as many as the stars. And so he's like, I am old. My wife is old. She's, she's like way, way old. But you, th you think in this moment, after he's had all these encounters with God, he'd be set with the plan. Wouldn't you think if you had this massive encounter, like if God appears and says to you, I'm going to give you the promise of your heart, would you believe him? Yeah. But Abraham is human. Abraham is walking through and hasn't seen the end from the beginning. He's just like us. He's just saying, yes, I will do this. Yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will go with you. 
And so he's human and he messes up every single time. So here comes the doozy. They're not seeing any kids. At this point, Abraham's about, oh, 90-ish. Sarah's 80. And Sarah has this great idea. She's like, okay, we're not having any babies. Maybe God wants you to sleep with my servant. And then she will have a baby, and then we will take her baby and raise her baby, and then God's promise will be everything, and we will have it, and we will be happy, and we will live happily ever after. Okay, I want to stop y'all there. That is the worst idea ever. Like, just don't do that. If you have never had baby mama drama... (laughs) Please come and talk to me, okay? You do not want baby mama drama. It is the worst drama in the entire world. It's awful. It's horrible. But somehow Abraham's like, what a great idea. This sounds great. So he goes ahead, does what his wife has asked, has a baby with a servant, but epic fail. I mean, it's a bad idea. It's not God's plan. It's not God's purpose. He has this epic fail. He ends up having to give this baby back to the wife and send the wife away, and it's a whole family drama thing. It's, it's awful. Anybody ever had family drama? Yeah. It, it was not a good day. He sends him away, and we find ourselves 24 years into this journey, and God again comes to Abraham. After this, after he's made all of these huge mistakes, and he says in Genesis 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. Guys, I love our God. No matter how many times Abraham messed up. No matter how many times Sarah messed up, he was always there. He did not point a finger. He did not make them feel bad. He had a solution every single time. The God of the universe was like, it's fine. It's fine. You had baby mama drama. I have the solution. We're going to send her away. They're going to have kids too. It's going to be great. Just trust me. Just keep following my plan and purpose and let me work out the details. You are never too far gone for our God. It does not matter what you have done. It does not matter what you have said. You're never too far gone. When you turn back to him and say, I screwed up. I did this. I took this into my hands. He has an instant solution for you. He has the plan. It never wavers. It never goes away. It's still there. But then we get to chapter 21, and it says, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would, and Abraham named their son Isaac. 700 miles into the promise. 25 years into the promise. 25 years from the minute he t- 
took off. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90 years old. 25 years of when is it going to happen? 25 years of I screwed up in redirection. 25 years of yes, God, I'll follow you more. Yes, God, I'll go to the next city. Yes, God, take me, take me, take me, take me. You see, we serve a God that we can trust. We serve a God who has a plan for us and knows how to make it come to pass. We serve a God who has a promise. The night I preached at 46.40.02 about this journey God had for Abraham, my husband sat in the front row and he cheered me up. And he left that night to sign papers to move us to Wyoming. But I got up and I talked about how awesome Abraham was to the kids that I grow up loving and knowing and teaching you about God. He's ordered my every step. He's made my path straight in everything I've ever done. So why would I not say yes to him when he told me to go to Wyoming? You see, taking a leap of faith is a journey. There are going to be days of doubt, and it's okay. There are going to be days of, I'm upset with you, God, it's not happening. There are going to be days where it hurts. Hebrews 11.1.8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him. As his inheritance, he went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner, hiding in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. I've had days of doubts. I've had, I'm mad at you, God. I've had, this isn't fair. But when I stay close to him, minute by minute, day by day, month by month, year by year, he reminds me the promise in my life is bigger than I can ever imagine. I've taken things into my own hands like we all have. It causes pain. How do you stop a plan from happening faster? You take it into your hands and say, maybe if I do this, just like Abraham and Sarah did, maybe if we have our own baby. Well, that wasn't the promised child. That wasn't where the line of Jesus was going to come from. They had to wait for the promise that God had made them. You see, 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Joe and Sean taught last night, it is so easy to say, I'm sorry. And if you're in a pit or if you're broken or you're a mess, it's not too late. Say it then. I'm sorry. Get me back on the plan. He's been with every one of his kids, even when they went the wrong way. Think about Jonah. Think about David. Think about all of these kids. He stays and he gives you a solution. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. 
We have to submit to the plan of God every single day. Some days, every single minute of our life, you have to say, I submit to your plan. I love you. I trust you. Your will, your way, not mine. You see, when it says, commit everything you do to the Lord and trust him, he will help you. He knows how to order our steps. He knows how to put the right people in the right places that we will just by chance meet, who will take us to the level that God needs us to be at. He knows. He brought you into the world with a plan and a purpose that outweighs what you can even imagine. And the promise will come. The promise in your heart, you may not want to grow up to be a preacher, but you, wanna, you may want to be a nurse or anything. He's going to do it. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. He can't break a promise. He is a promise keeper. Our world teaches us that every promise that's made to us, sometimes we can't trust people. Can't trust our parents, can't trust our friends, can't trust the boy or the girl that broke our heart. But that is not our God. He is a God that is trustworthy. He is a God that will never, ever break his promise. He knows how to align things. He's in the waiting process. He's in the bad days. He's in the 25 years of waiting. He's in the, I'm going through middle school and my life sucks. He's there. He's in the pain when you come home when people are mean. He is there. He's catching your tears. He's waiting for you to say, yes, yes, yes. I want to do it your way. And the dream in your heart or the thought in your mind that seems so unreachable, that seems so unrealistic, that seems like, that is crazy. I'm watching too much TV. That only happens in the movies. No, you serve a God that's real. You serve the God of Abraham. We are the heirs that get his promises. We are the people, we are the children, we are the descendants of Abraham. These are our promises. Every promise, every truth in this book is yours. And you hear his voice. I know you hear his voice. You taught me how to hear his voice. We learn together when you were kids. You see in John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them. Every week you go to a place called 4640. I'm here to tell you I've traveled. It's the best place in the world. There is nothing like it. But do you know that it started with a girl named JL who literally had to sit through. Who literally had to sit through church. And one day she thought to herself, I am going to grow up and make a church service that does not suck. I don't know if you know this, but every time we take the stage, she tells us, don't suck. (laughs) But let me tell you, let me tell you about this girl named JL. How many of you are freshmen and sophomores? Okay. 
Freshman and sophomore year, in between, JL is at an orphanage in Mexico serving our God. And she's out one morning, it's super, super early. Imagine before all those babies woke up. Good Lord, she's a saint. But anyway, she hears this woman in the kitchen, and this woman is singing praises to the Lord, and she describes it as bad singing. Like, it was not the Joe and Julie stuff. It was like me singing. It's like a cat is dying singing. But she hears the Lord say to her in that moment, serve me your whole life like that woman is doing. Serve me. And she says, yes, God. Yes. I will do that. So it's kind of a crazy story. Our old youth pastor, I remember him. You probably don't. His name is Wayne. He, he is in Grand Junction. He is her old youth pastor from where she's from. And she's in Bible college. And he's like, hey, you should come to this awesome church and fellowship, Grand Junction, Colorado, and be an intern. And she's like, okay, cool. So she comes. She be- becomes an intern, she rocks it, of course, you know, she's JL, and and she's like, that's so cool. So then she flies back in for an event like this one, and Pastor Tim interviews her, hires her, and brings her to Grand Junction. Grand Junction, Colorado. So she starts this youth group, and it evolves, and it grows. If you drive into Fellowship Church, and you look to your right, there's like this big garage thing. Hanger. That's where it used to be. That's what, where youth started in there. Then it got so big, they had to move it over to where Vertigo is. It was Vertigo. Now it's Kids Church. This happened with a yes. Yes, Lord, I will. He asked her a question, and she said yes. Now let's talk about Joe. Do you know how you guys have an awesome band? It started with Joe. It started with this kid named Joe who wanted to be an immunologist. Okay, I don't know what it means, but I, like, had to come up with my own definition. He wanted to be a science geek, okay? That was, like, Joe's long-term goal. Pretty sure we have a picture of him back then. different plan. God said, no, I have a different plan for Joe and a better haircut. So Joe decides to intern at the church. He's like, you know, this is kind of cool. I kind of like it. You know, it's pretty cool. So he applies for a worship school in Colorado Springs and gets rejected. They don't want him. They didn't accept him. And so he's like in this dark place and and he decides to go spend some time with the Lord and he takes 21 days to go fast and, and get closer to God. And he comes back and he decides to intern again. Six months later, our God opened a position and he became the worship leader. Guys, I look back at my life. I look back at this 16-year-old pregnant girl that had every statistic against her. And God had a plan. I'm going to use your hurt. I'm going to use your bad story. I'm going to make you a pastor. And I'm going to give you the greatest group of kids you could ever imagine. 
I'm going to put you. I'm going to put you at Fellowship Church for a while. Every promise I have in this life has come from our God. He's not a distance God. He's not a God that's just in a book that we pick up when we go to church. He's not a God that we only fill at 4640. He's a God that placed you in your mother's womb, that hand knit you, that created you and only you for a purpose. One that you can only do in this big old world. He has the greatest plan over your life. I need permission to get real with you guys. Do I have that? I didn't want to say yes to this last one. Everything inside of me said no. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave these people. I want to watch Madeline become the greatest leader we've ever seen. I want to stay with JL. I want to watch her kids grow up. Those are my boys. I want to watch Sean become a youth pastor. I want to tease Will and Joe a little bit more. I want to love on them, but I want to wax their leg hairs. I want to pick on them. But he called me. He said, trust me. I'm the God you know. I'm the God you grew up knowing. I'm the God that these kids showed you. Go. Trust me. Give me a chance. So I went. I went to Wyoming. I beat the snow. I got an SUV. I covered my plants so the deer won't eat them all. And I stopped for wild turkeys on a daily basis. But he's blessed me. I haven't seen every promise. I'm somewhere in between. I've seen a lot of promise. He has never failed this heart. But I'm in between the next promise. In Wyoming, we received a lot of rest. My son Noah became an FCA leader. The kid gets up on Thursday mornings, fills my SUV, and talks about Jesus to other kids. Lexi received her calling sitting in a Wyoming church service. God spoke to her in Wyoming. It's in Wyoming where I get to see my grandkids every day. It's in Wyoming where I've taught teenagers who don't have this. They don't. I've taught them about our God. They've never seen him like that before. They've never heard the promise of Abraham that's for us. I took it to Wyoming. It's in Wyoming where we opened our home and we taught people about Jesus. My kids stood up and taught people about Jesus. My husband stood up and taught people about Jesus. It's a journey. This is a journey. 
It's not a race, it's a journey. You take one step, he says, follow me, and you take a step. He says, now go this way, and you take a step. He says, I'm gonna lead you here, and you go. Because he wants to blow your mind. He wants to use you, he wants to bless you. And if it seems like it's not coming, it's not because you can't trust our God. It's because he's getting it ready. He's aligning every single thing so that you can walk into the promise. Habakkuk 2.3 says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I'm not saying that any of you are destined to leave Grand Junction, although I believe some of you will. I'm saying open your ears. That God that those four-year-olds fell in love with, he led you then, he's leading you now, and he's taking you somewhere great. He's taking you somewhere great. Ambro, I don't know where you are, but your heart showed me the love of God. Showed me. You have such a beautiful heart. Kayla, our God has the greatest plan over your life. Our God is not going to let you settle where you think you have to settle. He has something bigger, he has something better, he has something planned, he has something in your future, and it's coming. It's coming. It's not slow, it's not delayed, it's coming. Jason Miller, dude, he's calling you. He is calling you and it's hard and it's scary. I know, but it's gonna be so awesome. It's gonna blow your mind. It's gonna shake the very thought that you had of God. It's going to take you somewhere and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, he's real, he's big, he's huge. He's for me, he wants me, he loves me, he needs me, I'm chosen. And I am telling all of you. I'm telling all of you. Some of you I've gotten to grow up with. You're chosen. You have purpose. You have promise. It's for you. He's leading you. Say yes. You can trust our God. You can trust our God. But you got to abandon certain things, just like Abraham did. You got to abandon them. You got to get rid of them. If someone hurt you, I'm sorry. God is sorry. He was there the entire time. He never left you. Give them to God and heal. Don't be angry, don't unforgive, don't be bitter. Walk away from it this weekend. Leave it behind and keep following him. If there's something in your way, if there's idols in their way, if there's this, this sport thing, give it to God. If you haven't won yet, hand it to him and then watch, you, watch him put you on the platform. 
and say, you are the state champion. He's not gonna take it from you. If there's a bump in the road, say, I get it, I surrender. Please, Jesus, take me there. You can trust him. You gotta submit to his plan. You can't submit to your plan. Your plan is not good enough. We serve a God who wants to take you higher. We serve a God who doesn't have boundaries. We serve a God who says, nope, not just here, not just 16 and pregnant, not just statistics. You're going here. I'm taking you here. Submit it, surrender it daily, hourly. Give it to him. Abandon the plan that you have. Abandon the plan sometimes that God has. Think about the things that Abraham was asked to give up. Leave your home. Leave your relatives. Leave your son. Because I have more. I have something better. I have something greater. You may be thinking that's great. I think it's super. When I'm old like you, I'm gonna do this. Jail made this decision as a freshman and a sophomore. God called me when I was 16. He called me long before that. I just wasn't listening. We have students in a student band. We have some of you who have preached in front of your peers at 4640. You are called. If you're not called into ministry, you're called into the world and you're gonna change the world. You're gonna go do something so amazing, it'll blow your mind. And I wish I could see it. I hear it from afar, I see it from a distance. I wanted to be there. I wanted to cry with you. I wanted to celebrate your good days. I wanted to cry on your bad days. But our God's still there. The God that we know. The God that we sat in the forest class in a circle talking about. The God that we sat right here and healed from. The God that took our wounds, the God that took our, our bad days. going to do right now is we're going to sing this song. It's about the promise of Abraham. <laughs> we're going to sing it. But I want you guys to open your hearts. If you've heard the call of God and you've dismissed it because it's not for you, say, I'm sorry. If you haven't heard the call of God, then you say to our God right now, tell me where you want me to do. Tell me what you're calling me to. Tell me what I can do. I surrender. I choose you. You are my trust. Give me my promises. In just a little bit, we'll do a little bit more. But take this time. Say sorry. Sorry I'm hanging with those bad friends. They're trying to pull me from my purpose. Take them away. Give me good friends. Give me someone who's going to pray that promise into my life. Give me someone who's gonna meet me on my sad day and say, you know what? God has a better life for you. So right now,
now, I want you guys to take that thing that God is asking you to leave behind, okay? I want you to picture it in your mind. Can you picture it in your mind? Do you have it? Is it friends? Is it a relationship? Is he asking you to leave Grand Junction? Is he asking you to go to this college? Is he asking you not to go to this college? Is he asking you for intern? Is he asking you, what is he asking you? Take that thing right now. And I want you to just act like you have it in your hand like this. And I want you to give it to him. I want you to give it to him and say, it's yours. Take it from me. I surrender it to you. Father God, that you that you take away doubt, that you take away fear, that you take away unbelief. Father God, these are the children of Abraham. They are your heirs. And Father God, I just pray that you remove it, that you take away anything that is holding them back. I take away any kind of any kind of doubt or unbelief, Father God, that you will just move in a mighty way. And I pray that you release it. I pray, Father God, that you lose a holy boldness over this group, that they will know that they can pray, that their words will come to pass, that your truths will come over their life, that, Father God, your will, your way is their plan, is their purpose, that you are the promise for them that was put long ago. And I pray right now that you take over. And guys, look at me now when I say this. Boldly ask our God, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? I don't want anything that this world has. I want what you have for me. So just take a minute. Boldly say, God, what is the plan? What is the purpose? What is the promise? Just listen. God, you're faithful failed us and you never will and we love you in jesus name amen thanks for listening to the 4640 student center podcast for more information on what's happening in 4640 you can check us out on social media and at our website 4640gj.com service times are tuesday and wednesday nights hope to see you there